Hello and welcome to episode 114 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richie McKinnon, chartered psychologist and coach, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Pilar Ortiz. Pilar, how are you doing? I am very well. It's really nice to be back here after you had a little break, didn't you? And then you had a guest. Had a break and then a guest. It is the summer months after all. And anything goes during the summer. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoyed the conversation with uh, with Gemma, friend of the podcast, as you mentioned. <laughs> really, really, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really nice to to listen to the episodes when I'm not around. And uh, her conversation about how she wrote her book as well was really fascinating. So that's episode 113 uh, for listeners. And um, yeah, I had a great chat uh, with Gemma Lee Roberts all about her book, Mindset Matters. And yeah, being a psychologist and writing a book and wanting to be evidence-based and what to include, but also the process of writing a book while you're also doing your doctorate and looking after two young girls. I remain impressed by that. Um, so it was really interesting to hear about the the how on all of that. Yeah. And I particularly found interesting the fact that she hadn't either been able or she decided against putting the topic of purpose as a topic uh, because she, I think what she was saying was that we don't all find purpose at work. And I was really glad to hear that because it's often cited as something that we should look for at work, where, whereas we know that a lot of people find purpose somewhere else. So it was very interesting from what I understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, that she hadn't found the mass of evidence to warrant putting it in as a topic. Absolutely. And, and purpose can be quite a daunting topic mm. anyway. And you're right. Um, work does not sit at the center of everyone's lives, um, nor should it in the sense that it is a temporary thing, you know, and it can be taken from us. So, you know, being part of our identity, part of our self-concept, yes, but we can derive purpose and meaning in lots of different environments. And, and it's a tough nut to crack. It's a tough thing to figure out. So maybe a whole book by itself, you know, around that purpose bit. Uh, I try and link it to values. I try and link it to people understanding what matters to them and exploring how they can do more of that. Um, it doesn't need to be an overarching, this is my purpose on this planet. But often that's a source of feeling uncomfortable because you haven't got that figured out. And I don't know that you wake up one morning and realize this is my purpose. Yeah. At least not everybody does. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be a prerequisite for feeling, um, feeling engaged at work. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is, are you okay, Richard? <laughs> because Am you, I okay? <laughs> <laughs> because you mentioned in the episode that during your move, your house move, you had turned on the push notifications oh. for email on your phone and, and then how stressed that made you feel. And, and I thought, why, why has he done that? So are you all right? Is all of that settled now? It's all settled. And I can tell you all the notifications are back off. Um, so I don't find out when someone is emailing me until I want to have a look. And I think it more reflects, um, yeah, it reflects your go-to when you're really under pressure, but also when you're not in control. So if anyone listening has ever bought property in the UK, it's possibly one of the most demoralizing and anxiety-inducing things just because at any moment the whole house of cards could fall apart. And often 
I won't say always, but often there's a sense that a legal professional emails you something and when you email back, they're not around for a few more days. So there was a real emphasis on, I need to know quickly, I need to know immediately so I can respond immediately to keep this on track. But it was definitely, kind of hinted at this with Gemma, it's a time-limited way of dealing with this. I couldn't live like that um, on, on, on a permanent basis. I, I couldn't be happy if my phone was pinging every few seconds with emails. I did it with intention and I still didn't like it, but it served a purpose. Yeah. And I was thinking that this is a great example of using technology to help you. Not having those notifications was being more stressful than having them at that point. Exactly. So, so you, you, you tweak that. And then I've just got one more thing, just because it feels like I've been away for ages. It actually does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm reading a book at the moment that listening to Gemma, I thought that would also interest listeners, which is called this book will fix your life, and it is by Helen Thompson, who is, uh, I think she's an editor at New Scientist, or, or she's got some editorial uh, title there. And it's a uh, evidence-based uh, book with lots of short chapters about lots of things, like there is one on loneliness, there's one on sleep, there's one on habits, and I'm finding it really easy to read, and I thought it would be of interest to Maybe even you, if you haven't read it, uh, just to see what's uh, what's been written around, and to listeners, of course. I now that you've described it that way, I think I have that book and have read it, which the two don't often overlap for me. Um, <laughs> the the number of books doesn't equal the number read. Yes, yes, I got that as part of um, a subscription to something. I recall mm. it's really good. It's a really nice summary of what the research says and some yes. of the myths yes. about these topics. So yeah, I second that. We'll put a link to it in, in the show notes. So that's all that's all I have to bring today. Now let's let's go back to today's episode. What are we talking about today, Richard? Well, talking of psychological trauma, as as I think of my move, no, it's all it's all fine. Um, what we're going to discuss is this um, slightly strange title, but a really common experience. And I first came across this possibly three or four years ago, certainly pre-pandemic, online, on social media, on Sundays, when people started to post about experiencing the Sunday scaries. I was really intrigued by this, and the more I read about it and the more that I saw what people were experiencing, um, the more I noticed it being mentioned. So there's some kind of confirmation bias going on there. But as a phenomenon, what, what Sunday scaries mean is that, on so if you work Monday to Friday, on Sunday, people were, were reporting, they were getting more preoccupied as the day went on with what was going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and so on. So it was a sort of an anticipatory um, anxiety. So it's anticipating an event or a situation that you don't really like, and you're feeling the emotions, you're feeling the anxiety now. And the reason that it's a problem, or could be problematic, is that it really eats into the weekend. So people were beginning to mentally time travel and start to experience those negative emotions for things that hadn't even happened yet. And, you know, beginning to lose some of their focus on the stuff that's meaningful to them outside of work. That is really scary, actually. <laughs> that's a real shame. And and I hadn't heard the, the term before, although I think you just have to listen to 
Sunday scaries and you know what it is, if you know the context. Until I came across it, I, I used to describe that situation with my clients as on Sunday evening when you realize you haven't done your homework. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I used to talk about it. But I think Sunday scaries is quite snappy. But also, you know, this isn't some sort of um, new thing um, that we're launching into the world. It's just a way that a lot of people describe um, an experience. And I thought it would be useful to unpack it as it is so common. I mean, if listeners want to, you can just simply go onto your social media uh, platform of choice and just search for that phrase. It's really interesting. Um, you can see it peak, obviously, on a Sunday, but how people... They don't enjoy it, and they don't talk about it in positive terms at all. So, um, you know, it's not just a blip, and and this could be um, indicative of something that's um, manageable, something that we could do something about, which I always think is a good idea to talk about these things. Um, if it's Sunday and you're already worrying about the week ahead, you've got those emotions, those unpleasant emotions that you don't like they're uncomfortable they can serve as a distraction from what you're doing in the moment and it could be a leisure activity it could be a family activity it could be a pastime or something but it's distracting you and of course it might lead you to engage in some unhelpful or unsustainable coping strategies your focus is on the discomfort your focus is on the anxiety and you want to reduce that so you might do something in response to that that you ideally wouldn't do if you could think it through and for example, that might be about opening your laptop and looking at your email because the discomfort of not knowing what you're going to face on Monday, it feels overwhelming. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I suppose for me, what I'm hearing also is that I imagine that if this happens one off, you know, we all have times when things are, we have more, certain things more on our mind than other times, but are we talking about something that is recurring? Is that when, when yeah, it's yeah, an issue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that as well, that I, mm. I've, I've had weekends where I look in my calendar and I go, who planned this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what, what idiot said yes to all of this, but that's not every weekend or anything like it. And of course, I think this is something that if it's, um, a pattern and it's an unhelpful pattern. And of course we want to be flexible about this, right? Just like me using my notifications, if it's helpful uh, for a period of time, it could be helpful for someone to say, you know what, I'm going to carve out a bit of time on Sunday to get ahead of the game here because I know how the week is going to pan out or I've got this particular project that I really want to be successful in or all of that's intentional. What I'm getting at is that unintentional, oh, wow, now I'm caught up in the thoughts and the emotions associated with this future. Remember, that might never come to pass, and it's taking me away from what matters to me. So I'm not really doing anything I want to except sitting in this sort of puddle of discomfort. And does, have you noticed that there's specific times or situations or contexts when this is happening? A common thread, again, I'll say it's me search, not research, but a common theme that comes up in these conversations is the fact that someone realizes at the weekends that Friday's procrastination is going to come back to bite them on Monday. As in, well, the work hasn't gone anywhere. And I got some relief from it on Friday, but it, it's still waiting for me on Monday. And I'm being a bit more rational about things now. And I realize there's a pile of things that are waiting for me. It can also be event-based. You know, there's a major event happening at work this week, 
And depending on how I think about it, I might feel excitement, enthusiasm, a bit of nerves, or I might start to dread it already. And that kind of dread and those negative images and negative interpretations are taking me away from my Sunday. And of course, remember, this could be any day of the week, depending on your own working patterns. But it's a combination with, sorry, a combination of a future focus that's not entirely positive, and also the realization that the weekend is ebbing away. And, you know, as, as we speak about it, it's disappearing from under our feet. Um, and so there's a little element of maybe I should have done more with my time because my time's being taken away from me on Monday. I'm back to work. Wow, there's lots of <laughs> lots of different things. I hadn't thought of the last one that actually it could be caused by thinking, I had all this time that I could have spent doing X over the weekend and now I'm not there. And and that is a, that could be the cause of, of the Sunday scaries. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's that um really interesting human phenomenon of believing I should behave in a certain way because I feel it. Okay. So it, it's very natural for us. If I, if I feel joy, you'll see it in my face and you'll see it in my body language and you'll hear it in my voice. But unhelpfully, if I feel guilt about unfinished tasks, I could easily feel like, well, I should sit here feeling guilty for a while because if I do something enjoyable, that will be weird. If I do something practical or helpful, that will take me away from these guilty thoughts. When in fact, we can remember but they're just thoughts. You know, they're not ideally directing your Sunday. You can, you can have, as we've talked about it before, you can have a fresh start right now and enjoy what's left of your weekend. Or you can sit with your guilt and your images of the future and all of that anxiety building up in you about, again, something that hasn't happened yet. So you're sacrificing your now for an imaginary future. I find it also fascinating still because the fact that we are that we're doing that we're doing that uh, and and so so Richard what do we do then is there or, or what do you usually suggest that people do if we're finding this is happening and especially if it's happening regularly it will depend on um what we're focusing on. So it, it may be that this comes up as part of a conversation about how someone is looking after their their well-being. It might come up as a conversation about procrastination and, and getting important things done. It could also come up um, when, when someone you know comes for a conversation about how they're feeling overwhelmed by their workload. And that's another really common example of that, that I'm just relaxing at the weekend and I think of work and it seems to activate a tsunami of thoughts and emotions about work. And now I can picture being overwhelmed and now I can think of my email inbox and all of those demanding messages and so on. So how we approach it is very much a function of um, how upsetting this is for the person, how disruptive it is, how much of a priority it is. But what we try and do is stay away from how can you feel more positive about this and focus instead on what can you do about this situation and separate the thinking and feeling from, from the doing. So there's a one angle which is all about planning and organizing. Anything that we can do to get ahead of the game on week one for week two, three, and four. So a weekly review, sitting down with your calendar and looking at your commitments and carving out time to get things done and 
making a note of what hasn't been complete so that you can get ahead of it and, and maybe carve out some time on Monday, you know, but anything instead of dashing out of work with huge amounts of relief on a Friday, taking that time to say, let me just get ready for next week. So I don't feel so ambushed or surprised or, or overwhelmed. It's very simple, but it can have a very big impact. Similarly, a lot of the time when we feel anxious about future responsibilities or activities is because they're floating around in our head and they bang around in there quite noisily. So anything that we can do to externalize that. So that's just a fancy way of saying making a list. <laughs> write you it know, down. <laughs> write it down. Get it out of your mind so that you can see, well, instead of overwhelm, it's actually six things need to be done next week. And actually, if I think about those six, there's only one thing that's the equivalent of the dumpster fire that actually I don't feel so great about. So we're moving away from very generalizable, whoa, it's terrible to know there's one thing that's bothering me. And that, that can have a really a really big impact on, on how we think about it. And, and it struck me working with people on the topic of productivity for years now, simply taking that time to think ahead to the next week and the week after that helps you spot things like um, bank holidays, um, mm. colleagues' holidays, or uh, as we're getting into now in the UK again, rail strikes. You know, things that if you look ahead, it, it will change your plan. And it's great to find out about this stuff before it happens. So that's the sort of planning and organizing. And that's stuff that's within your control. You can decide to do this. It informs you and you can make decisions on the back of that. So that's, that's kind of one response. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. It's all practical, right? Mm -hmm. The other side is, is bringing our friend's psychological flexibility to the table and looking at the skills that we can use so that this is not as disruptive because all the planning in the world may not help you with a really challenging um, relationship at work. So you are in order. You've got all your stuff organized and you know what you're going to be doing, but there's a, there's a person that you're dreading interacting with. So what, what do we not want to do? We don't want to eat up our Sunday worrying about things that haven't happened yet or may never happen. So one of the things that we can do is practice our diffusion skills. And by way of reminder, diffusion, that's anything that we do to get a little bit of distance from thoughts so that we can look at them, not through them, so that we can see them for what they are, not what they say they are. And with this kind of anticipatory anxiety, they're very much the kind of thoughts that say, pay attention to me now because I'm telling you this is going to happen and it's going to be terrible rather than this might happen and you can cope with it. So they're kind of noisy, alarmist kind of thoughts. So the diffusion skills that we've talked about, and I'll, I'll put a link to previous episodes in the show notes that just allow us to step back and say, well, my mind is giving me this thought, but it doesn't mean I need to do anything with it right now. And of course, I can engage with what's important to me on this Sunday or any other day, but I can still spend that valuable time with my family or my friends or my hobbies or my well-being just because I have this thought about next week it doesn't mean I need to drop everything and just do some intensive anxious thinking about it so diffusion can be really really helpful in these situations where we didn't ask for the thoughts but our mind unhelpfully offloaded them at us <laughs> and of course if we're going to do something at work that is demanding of us maybe it's a 
a really important event. Maybe it's an interview. Maybe it's, um, you know, dealing with a particularly challenging client, but we're up for it. This is meaningful. This is part of work that's important to us. Learning to accept that there will be some discomfort that comes with these things. There will be setbacks. Not everything is going to go our way. So it's unreasonable in a sense, to expect that we won't have any anxious thoughts or feelings. So we can accept this stuff will show up. That can be really, really helpful. Getting specific about what's showing up, moving from the vague sense of dread to my mind is giving me thoughts about this meeting. I'm having concerns about my ability, but I also have an agenda. I've done my planning and actually it's out of my control. Um, it's going to happen and whether I like it or not, there'll be some discomfort associated with that. What's more important to me right now? Sitting with the discomfort or cracking on and having this meal with my friends that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. And how do we know when to do that or what to do? It's coming back to values. What's really meaningful to me? What's important to me in life? Can I put that into action? Um, and of course, that means there's no rules here. It could be on one weekend. Yeah, it's helpful to look at your email because the stakes are very high um, and it's important to avoid missing that message. And, and other times, the most meaningful and helpful thing you could do would be to put some distance between you and your laptop and go and lie in the sun in the park. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely, completely. Um, there's something that came to mind, Richard, around the planning and organizing, uh, which is something that I, I realized I, I started doing, which is when I was, I would notice that my Sunday evenings and probably afternoons already would suffer if I had something really important on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of the nature of, of my work, I just decided I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to deliver any workshops on Monday. In fact, I'm not going to have any client meetings on Monday, nothing <laughs> as long as, um, if, if I can do it. And that, so it's formed part of my planning has been leaving Mondays empty so that, because I know, because I know it will eat up into my Sunday evening. Mm -hmm. And that's a great example of something that's within your control. Well, yes, yes. And But no, but it's, it's great. So we can each ask ourselves, well, what could I do about this? Uh, I try wherever possible to do something similar. I, I, you know, I want to make sure I don't need to be somewhere far away early on a Monday morning because mm. that will start to annoy me. Not, not really upset me, but it'll be like, mm, yeah, I've got that. I've got to get up at five tomorrow. You know, it's kind of eating into my weekend. Yeah. There'll be exceptions and we always need to ask ourselves, well, why would I say yes to this and how important is it to me to do this thing? But also, what's amenable to change? What could I nudge in my schedule or what could I say no to the next time a situation like this comes up? And that brings me to my final point about this. We can use diffusion skills. We can plan and organize and work on, our, on minimizing our, any tendency to procrastinate. But we need to learn from this as well, because as long as we're working, there will be more Sundays. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we're not putting a sticking plaster over this and be really honest with ourselves that actually, what's my contribution to this problem in the first place? And what am I going to do different this week to reduce the opportunity for my mind to set off alarm bells on Sunday? The focus is not, I never want to have these thoughts. The focus is, 
well, what can I do about this and not wait till Sunday to think about it? So we don't want to um, have our weekend evaporate in front of us. <laughs> we, we don't want to um, also engage in any kind of coping strategy that takes us away from the kind of person that we want to be. But anything that we do um, that I've outlined here, um, it underlines the point that it's not inevitable that we'll feel this. And, and that's something that's come up in a lot of conversations and coaching, that doesn't everyone have a nightmare of a Sunday afternoon? I would say, well, not everybody does, but even if it was super, super common, wouldn't you want to not have this experience? So it's not inevitable. What we can do is take these thoughts and worries and mental noise and just sort of demote it to being a backseat driver. It's there with us on our journey, babbling away, but it's not in the front seat driving our car. We're doing that. So we need to remember, no matter what pops up, we can still decide, I will go for that lunch, I will go for that run, I will sit here with my kids and watch a Disney film or whatever it is um, that we do on a Sunday. And it's not just Sundays. So this applies yes. <laughs> to anything, you know. We could have this kind of anticipatory um, anxiety seven days a week. I mean, that would be really awful, but we could because mm. it's about the future and there'll always be another day and another day and another day. So we need to be able to spot that and say, I'm upsetting myself now about something that might never happen. Pilar, anything to throw into the mix before we wrap up this episode? No, uh, not much. It just strikes me that, as always, it's about realizing, having that awareness of something that's going on, deciding whether you want to do something about it and slowly figure out what's what's under your control. That's a really nice summary. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> and thanks to all our listeners for listening. Of course, we love to hear from you. So you can message us um, on uh, Twitter. I almost forgot the name of Twitter. Uh, <laughs> well, at Twitter, um, at my pocket psych, or you can send us an email at podcast at worklifepsych.com. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you've got an example of something you've yeah. done that enables you to deal with these kind of situations. It doesn't have to be Sundays, remember that. But maybe you found yourself um, that work was overspilling or thoughts about work were, were overspilling into your personal life and you, you made some changes. We'd love to hear from you um, so that we can find out what everyone's doing out there. So as ever, thank you for listening. downloading this episode of my pocket psych to get in touch with questions and feedback you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact thanks for listening <laughs>